Welcome to the Known Parent Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWake Student Ministry. We offer biblical solutions for life, and we want to help you lead your teenagers to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can learn more about LifeWay at www.lifeway.com and more about all that we offer through student ministry at www.lifeway.com students. Your hosts for the Known Parent Podcast are Rick Prawl and Mike Wakefield from Student Ministry Publishing at LifeWay. Rick has a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. Mike has an 18-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son. Between Rick and Mike, they have over 50 years combined experience in student ministry, church staff ministry, and ministry through student ministry publishing at Lifeway Christian Resources. Let's join them today as they share some of their experiences as parents, as those experiences relate to the Bible study topic and known for this month. Make you known, make you known, live our lives for Him alone, let His love Welcome to another episode of our Known Parent Podcast. I'm Rick Prawl. I've got Mike Wakefield in the room with me. Uh, we are your hosts for this uplifting, entertaining, <laughs> encouraging podcast. Wow, from, you're building this up that's real right. big. Right? That's right. From parents to parents. Uh, we want to talk about a topic that's important. Before we get into that topic, uh, we do want to introduce, we have a guest in the studio with us this month, and uh, uh, Greg Young is here with us. Greg joined us uh, last year for a podcast. Uh, Greg, as folks are listening to this podcast, why don't you just give us a quick introduction of who you are, what do you do here at Lifeway, and tell us a little bit about your family. All right. I work at Lifeway in the retail department. I'm a print buyer. Um, I'm married. I've been married. will be 22 years uh, this August. I have two children. Uh, I guess you can't call them kids anymore. Mm-hmm. They're all almost grown. One's in college, and one will be a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on staff at uh, Cedar Hill Baptist Church. I'm the Minister of Education and do a lot of stuff with the youth there as well. Well, good. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, guys, we are talking about this topic of obedience uh, this month. Uh, the, the unit title for the, the Bible study that your students are looking at is called Can You Hear Me Now? Uh, which is a great, uh, that's a great line as parents. I mean, how many times have we used that um, <laughs> with our own kids? I know that that is a familiar line around our house. You know, are you listening to me? Can you hear me? Right. Um, and we're going to tie this into not only hearing us as parents, but hearing God. You know, as we're getting into this, Mike, why don't we do like we normally do? Why don't you just kind of give us a quick rundown of where we're headed uh, so parents will get an idea of where their students are going and what they're going to be looking at this month. Okay. Uh, in week one, our, our uh, question for the week is, uh, where does my obedience to God start? And the point is, you start by loving God and loving others. Then week two, uh, the question is, why should I obey God? And the point is, your obedience shows your love for God. Week three, our question is, why doesn't partial obedience count for something? Uh, the point is, partial obedience is disobedience, and that's a good theme for around our house sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe all of us. Yeah. Uh, part, and then week four is the question, uh, the question for week four is, why do I disobey even when I know better? And the point is, we easily talk ourselves into disobedience. Well, good. That's kind of an overview of where we're headed, and we'll we'll kind of pick on some of those questions as we move through this. But you know, really, the focus of this whole month in our Bible study is is obedience to God. Let me just ask you guys on the front end: Why is that even important? Why should we even be talking about obedience to God as Christians? Well, I think from the perspective of of what God's done for us, uh, He has shown us His love, and we should want to do that. It should be just our nature to to try to do that. As much as we want our kids to love us and do those type things, we should want to do that for God. 
Well, I would think that is right on track there. I just finished reading uh, Crazy Love by Francis Chan, and one of his points that he makes in his book several different times is that as a Christian, this whole matter of obedience is 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 just expected. It's not one of those things that we can kind of question that uh, I'll obey God if I want to in in what Jesus shared and the things that he shared with us. He expects full and complete obedience. It wasn't just kind of a, it was kind of not not optional. Not optional. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. You know, it's kind of like a, as a soccer coach, you know, I expect my team to give me 100% when they're on the field and I expect them to learn and play and give their all to soccer when they come and participate. And it's the same thing that when we join the Christian team, mm-hmm. God expects us to give 100% and to obey. Um and so, you know, as we get into this Bible study this month, for us as parents, I think it's important for us as parents to be able to say to our kids, this is an important topic for me as a dad, as a mom, as a parent, that I'm trying my best to obey God and allow them to be able to see that modeled in our in our own lives. What do you think, Mike? Well, I, I agree, Rick, and we talk about this, I think, every, every month we do a podcast, and that um, you're the best example of that, of that truth. Um, I mean, you can have discussions with them, and you can talk about obedience to God, but unless you're living that kind of life that shows your obedience to God, then... Those mixed messages are really going to hurt your kids, and then and then following Christ and being obedient to Him. So, if they see you being obedient, if they see you following and and doing the things that please God, then then you're setting the standard. Even if they struggle with that for a while, even if they go through some time of rebellion, you remain that constant example to them. Then I just have to believe that that sets a foundation for them. Even if they stray from it for a while, they they will remember that and come back to that. When I remember as a teenager growing up. Always thinking, especially through high school, thinking, "Man, I can't wait till I can get out of the house and I don't have to. I don't have to listen to my parents. I don't have to obey them anymore." Somehow, in in my mind, and I've seen this in my own kids, this thought pattern that, "Okay, I graduate from high school, I get out of the house, and I'm done obeying everybody." Mm. And the reality of life hits. Is <laughs> it rude awakening? That's, yeah, right. that's right. I mean, I'm still obeying folks. I mean, I have yeah. a boss. Uh, that I have to obey, uh, you know, I demonstrate obedience to my wife and, you know, that mutual submission the Bible talks about, um, you know, trying to be obedient to God. I'm obedient to our pastors. So this is an important topic. It doesn't ever go away. We're always going to be in in a, some form of obeying somebody. Well, I think it goes back to some studies we've had previously. It goes back to that authority issue, you know, am I willing to submit to authority that that God has placed over me, starting with him, and those others that, you know, because as you said that, I was thinking about who else do we obey? Well, you know, the laws of the land right. and all those things, you know. So that's just, that's the way we're set up. That's the way God designed things to be. And so when we choose to not do that, that's when things go, you know, it gets chaotic because yeah. God designed it for it to be order uh, and not chaos. And if we choose to go outside the boundaries of that, you know, whether it's in our authority, uh, not obeying his authority or the authority of our land or whatever, then we can really mess up our lives. I think that goes along too when times are good or bad. Mm-hmm. So it, it's easy maybe when things are going good, but even when things are going bad, that uh, that discipline that we show through that obedience to what God has said, not making shortcuts, not doing things just to get around them, it can help uh, lay that foundation or continue to build upon. I guess that foundation that Christ has already laid. Well, as you're talking, Mike, it, it reminded me too of you know just the whole driving thing. I mean, that is you're talking about laws of the land. Mm-hmm. That is an obedience factor for our kids. As you know, we've had teenage drivers. Greg's getting ready to have another teenage yes, driver here. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's always that uh, obeying the laws. And your son, he's he's, he's out driving. driving. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. and the whole you know. 
watching the speed limit, you got to obey the laws, and if you don't, there's repercussions to that, right. uh, not only with the law, but also in our house. <laughs> uh, well, how do we get, as parents, how do we help our kids understand this important aspect of obeying God and then tie that into some of the things that we do in our homes related to obedience? This first question is, where does my obedience to God start? And we talk about loving God and loving others. How do we model that as parents for our kids? I think Mike, you made you brought that point out just a, a little while ago. It's in the actions that we mm-hmm. demonstrate. Um, they're watching us, whether they want to say that or not. Mm-hmm. They are watching to see, and and how do we respond to what God has told us? If we say one thing but act in another way, then it sends a clear message. But if they see us being consistent on that point, uh, where we start is that relationship with Christ. It all starts right there. Uh, that helps them see that hey. They're serious. Yeah, I agree. It's just, uh, it goes back to, as we said, that modeling it. It goes back to the conversations that we have uh, with them. Uh, that that's, um, it's that thing of it, it's expected. It's not, once again, it goes back to what you said, Rick. It's not optional. I, I remember somebody asked me one time about, you know, I grew up in a pastor's home, you know, and uh, it was like, well, were you made to go to church? Well, you know, I don't ever remember being made to go to church. I just knew that on Sunday, that's what we did. You, <laughs> you know, didn't have choice, there wasn't a question about it. You yeah. know, it wasn't like I was going to get up and say, Hey, do I have to go to church today? You know, that's what we did. Right. And, and I think that's the culture you want to be, you know, build into your home is that this is our way of life. This is what the way we do things. We choose to obey God. As Joshua said, you know, I don't care about the rest. I'm not sure about the rest of you, but for as me and my house, we're going to choose to serve the Lord. And I think that's the culture you have to build in your house. We're going to love God and we're going to love people. And a part of loving God and being, is being obedient to him. I think it it carries over into all the aspects of, of our relationships and the way we live our lives. Um, You know, the honesty and the integrity, you know, when you're sitting at home and the phone rings and you tell your kids, Hey, tell them I'm not here. I mean, I mean, that is a violation of scriptural principles. You know, when God asks us to, to tithe and, and bring those tithes to church, are, do our kids see us doing that, that we're modeling that obedience in all those areas? I mean, it becomes a, a big a big picture thing, which carries over into that second week Bible study, the question, why should I obey God? Um, I know as a parent, I've used this line, and you've, we've heard it in movies. We've heard our parents say it when our kids say, "Why should I obey you?" or "Why?" and it's like, "Because well, I'm the dad." Yeah. And I said so. I said so. Yeah. And I always say that when I get frustrated. I don't know what else to say. It's like, "I'm the dad," and, <laughs> and that's the reason. And and I'll come up with a better reason later, and I'll come explain it to you. But for right now, you just need to listen and obey because I'm the dad. How does that apply with our relationship with God? I think it goes back. I mean. It, so often we want to look, and especially I think teenagers want to see rules and authority as bad things and as boundaries to keep me locked up. Mm. Whereas when you really begin to look at the boundaries that God placed on us and gave to us, that it was for our best and for our protection uh, to, and for us to live the best life, um, not not to hinder us and not to stop us from having fun, you know, quote unquote or whatever, but to give us the best life. And when you look at what he said for us to do, yeah, that's that's right. Even if you just look at the, you know, those Ten Commandments, if you walk down through there and see those things, you know, you could look at them. Yeah, well, this is a restriction. Well, yeah, but it's because God had certain boundaries. He had certain purpose to do that, to make sure that you live, you know, to keep you protected, to to honor him, to, to live long life. I mean, some, you know, one of the commandments on your father and mother is with the promise that you'll have right. a long life kind of thing. And so I think we, have, it's just that perspective on the rules and the authority that we need to take. And 
you know, I need to help my child. I need to help my children see that. I need to help them with that perspective. I need to have that perspective first. <laughs> right. I need to help them have that perspective. You know, my dad had a rule, I guess, growing up. As long as you live under my roof, you will do what I say. Right. And that wasn't a – it wasn't something to pin us down. He did it out of love. Now, there were those times as a teenager I may not have understood that. Yeah. But now being the dad, I understand that totally. And I think that goes right along with what God is trying to tell us. And it, Mike's what you're saying. It's not restrictions. It's not to say, oh, you can't overdo this because I don't want you to have fun. It's no, because I love you. I don't want you to do this because of the consequences mm-hmm. that come from that. Yeah. Well, I wonder how often when we sit around disobeying, being living in disobedience to God, and we're like, you know, God, why should I do this? Why, why am I supposed to do this? You know, does God sit up there and say, oh, because I'm the God. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. I, I am God. Uh, yeah, that reminds me of that first chapter in a, you know, Rick Warren's um, you know, Purpose Driven Life. talks about you know, this recognition that you know, he's God and I'm not. And, and because he's God and sovereign and the Lord and the ruler over all, you know, my responsibility as his child is to obey him and, and to obey him without question, but to obey him out of love, which goes back to that whole first session that we talked about. I really liked... This, as we were writing and developing this third session about this partial obedience, mm. why doesn't partial obedience count for something? Man, in our house, that is that tends to be a big deal mm-hmm. uh, with our kids, especially as they hit those teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, son, take out the garbage. Son, take out the garbage. <laughs> and then I end up taking out the garbage. Or, you know, yeah. would you mow the yard today? Well, I'll mow it tomorrow. Um, how do we deal with that in our homes? How, how have you guys dealt with that whole issue? Well, if we find the, the right answer to that, we'll <laughs> yeah. probably all be, you know. Well, that's what these parents are listening yeah, for. They right. want your right answers here. Yeah, yeah go ahead, right. Greg. Take that one. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a, a, a tough one. You know, I, I think it goes back again to the consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we go back, we don't send that mixed message. Well, we, we say what we mean, we mean what we say, and, and because God's done that. I mean, he's given us the Ten Commandments. He's given us. Jesus gave us those examples of what he wants us to do. He wants us as parents to follow that. We need to do it, number one, to show the submission that we have to our Lord. And that will be the example for our children. But then show them, hey, we expect this of you. Here's why. And if you don't, you got to pay the consequences. Right. Well, I think, Rick, too, I think that one of the big problems with, you know, session three and session four, both, you know, they're kind of closely related. But is that that's our society. Right. You know, our society sets that kind of standard. You know, well, you know, if it's a. It's okay to tell a lie if it, if it, you know, if you really need to, you know, and it's okay to do this, you know, it's, it may be wrong in some cases, but in some cases it's okay, to, you know, and so that's the, it, that pervades our society. Right. And so our kids pick that up, you know, we pick that up if we're right. not careful, that becomes mm-hmm. a part of our lives too. And so, you know, it's that thing of, well, you know, it's okay to, to not report that on your taxes because government's got plenty of money anyhow, right. you yeah. know, <laughs> I need to keep this money. Well, that's dishonest and that's disobedient, you know. That's right. Well, and one small thing yeah. leads to something else. Right. Uh, if you can get by, if you want to use that term, mm. then you think, well, I can do this and I can do this. And the next thing you know, you have moved and drifted so far from what God had intended. Right. Well, and as we're recording this podcast here in the you know the spring of 2010, there was a, a really you know interesting article and story related to this 
um, in the football world with Ben Roethlisberger here in the spring about you know the the you know the rape situation, uh, the alleged rape situation, and and how all that went down, and then it came down that you know okay he's getting a six game suspension and it's going to be reduced to four games for good behavior. And one of the things that they were talking about on one of the sports radio shows was okay now we've just given permission to everybody in the league that okay you know raping you know women is okay because you're only going to get a four game suspension. It's not a big deal, right. um, and we've kind of set up this whole you know parameter now that okay you're a star, you're a football player, you're getting all these millions of dollars, and here's the parameters that you can work within, and it's okay to do this even though you know you're not supposed to. If you do, we're going to kind of let, get you off with this kind of thing, and it's set up this whole paradigm that our kids are looking at and seeing. Yeah, there's no consequences. You know, I mean whether. You know, whether all that took place or not, I mean, the, the behavior and the speaking of the Roethlisberger thing, the behavior and the just the things that he did, you know, or the places that he was at was in was all wrong. And so, like you said, oh, well, it's just a slap on the wrist, you know, because of this. And like I said, our kids pick that up and they think, well, you know, if they can get by with that, and it's that whole thing of no consequences. And and that again, that just pervades our society. And so that just breeds this this kind of thinking. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, that reminds me, and maybe you guys have heard the, uh, something similar to this, but, you know, as you put the ingredients of a cake together, you, you mix everything up. You know, if you take an egg and you take your flour, those by themselves aren't any good. But you mix it all together, it makes up something nice and wonderful. But what happens if you throw in a little something like some cayenne pepper or you throw in something else, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, that's not for me, but yeah, it is. That one thing, that one little thing that was wrong, the consequences – the whole cake's messed up. Right. Yeah. Or if you forget to add one of the important ingredients, it go. just makes a mess. Right. Um, which those, those are good in-house analogies of, of those kind of things that, you know, you're doing a recipe, you know, I've partially obeyed the directions on this cake. Why isn't it working? Yeah. Um, you know, we had an issue just recently with a television, new television and had it all hooked up. I thought I had it all hooked up correctly. I went to turn, watch a movie and everything was blue. Um, cause I hadn't followed the directions on hooking up the cables into the right holes. Um, you know, and that, that partial disobedience to what I was supposed to be doing ended up with something that was very undesirable. So well, I'm wondering, I don't know, this is probably not very theological, but I'm just wondering I know disobedience in any shape, I'm sure, breaks the heart of God. But I'm wondering if it's if this kind of disobedience even is is more heartbreaking to God than others. I mean, for me to just blatantly say I don't care, I'm just going to do what I want to, you know, I'm sure that's heartbreaking. But for me to go, well, yeah, I'm going to follow you, but you know, I'm going to kind of drift off here. I, I'm going to kind of follow you, but right. but not really, you know. And I just think that's got to be so heartbreaking to God for us to act that way, you know, and to do that. So when yeah. I, you know, I've heard. Folks, for years and years before I had kids, especially when I was in college, would hear you know Christian artists and and people talk about you know how when they had kids they began to see how their relationship with God changed because they saw the way that they interacted with their own kids as a parent to their kids and how they impacted that. And as we sit and watch, you know, our kids drift off into things that they shouldn't do or or model areas of disobedience or rebellion. Um, and and as you mentioned, Mike, how it hurts our hearts mm-hmm. it makes me stop to realize, man, well, that's how God feels yeah. in the way that I've treated him and the way that I've responded. Yeah. Um, I've also realized, and I've shared this before on our parent podcast, this also made me appreciate my mom 
uh, and my dad a whole lot more. Yeah. I call my mom a whole lot more now than I used to um, because I realize as a dad with my kids in college, man, I love when my kids call and talk to me. They don't call and talk very often, right. uh, but I love it when they do. And I think, you know, my mom probably would love to hear from her son. And so I call <laughs> her a whole lot more than I used to. And that's a good thing to try to get across. This last question in this last session, I think for adults, for us as parents, this is something we need to struggle with. Why do I disobey even when I know better? I mean, as parents, mm. we still disobey, and we wonder sometimes where our kids get these patterns of disobedience. I think oftentimes they see that you know, in our own lives. Um, we need to model, as we've talked about already, that obedience for them. Um, why is it frustrating for us as parents when our kids disobey even when they know better? Because I think it, I know for me, I was talking to someone about this, this yesterday and that one of the hardest things is to watch my flaws come out in my children. Mm, right. And I think that's part of it is when I see my children doing that, then I, I get so convicted about my, when I do it to God, you know, when I, when I act that way. Um, and I think that's a big frustration there. Um, plus it's just that frustration of you, you do all you can to help build that, you know, character and integrity in your, in your children's lives. And then they do something wrong, even when they know that's not the right thing to do. Um, I, I think Rick, what you said a minute ago, it, it helps us in dealing with them to keep that perspective. Well, you know what? I do the same thing with God, you know? So it, it's just that sin nature in us. It's still there until we see the Lord, you know, uh, we're going to have to battle that. And I, and too often, I know speaking personally, too often I let that get the best of me. And I just pray that prayer, you know, that passage in Psalms, and I'm, I'm sure I misquote a little bit, but, you know, he just t- talks about where the psalmist just prays, Lord, keep me from willful sin. Hmm. You know, there's the psalmist, the man after God's own heart, he's praying that, you know. So I know he struggled with it and I struggle with it too. And so hmm. I don't want to expect that in my kids. But I should not be surprised when that takes place. Um, so I don't know. That's that's a hard deal. Yeah, I think we don't want to see them go through the same struggles and pains and hurts that we've gone through. Yeah, um, that's why God put the rules, if you will. That's why He says be obedient, so we won't go through that. So when we see our kids do that now, as much as it hurt us, it probably hurts us even more when they do it yeah. because we love them so much. So then, how does God feel? Yeah. When he sees us doing that same thing, I, I keep thinking of that song. Does he still feel the nails mm-hmm. every time that mm-hmm. I sin? Yeah. And that that is what comes to mind. Well, this idea that covers this whole unit, this this thought that our obedience should be motivated out of our love for God. I know as as a dad, sometimes I take it personally when my kids disobey. Yeah. It's like you know. When you disobey, that that shows a lack of respect for me, and it doesn't show that you love me. And if you, you know, it's kind of this thought pattern in our minds. Sometimes it's expressed. Sometimes my wife and I have expressed this to our kids: that man, if you really loved us, we would expect you to do these kind of things because because you love us. We know you probably don't like what we're asking you to do, but because you love us and you're a part of this family, we're, we're expecting you to obey that. Mm-hmm. And again, how much does that carry over into our relationship with God? That God's saying, man, if you loved me. You know, you should model it. You should show it by the way you obey my commands. And, you know, that's what Jesus said. He said, you know, if you love me, you obey me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we say that we love God. And we've had this conversation with some guys that I work with. Um, you know, we talk about that, you know, yeah, I love God. I love him so much. And yet I'm not walking in the things he's doing. In Francis Chan's book, he comes back to then, 
well, then do you really mean it when you say you love him? Yeah. Um, and sometimes that carries over into our relationship with our kids. Um, son of man, if you really loved me, you would have mowed the yard yesterday like I asked you to. Now it's raining and you can't mow. Yeah. Um, and it becomes a frustration. You can tell that mowing at our house is a frustration. I am glad that my son's home for the summer and I can mow. I don't have to do that now. So, uh, But it is frustrating getting him to do that. So I think, too, sometimes, Rick, is that it's really hard for us when this kind of stuff takes place because we do take it personal in the way that, okay, have I failed, you know, as a parent, it it really brings Mm -hmm. to light, gosh, Mm -hmm. did I really, have I messed up? You know, did I do a good enough job to help my child get to this point? You know, did I, did I, should I have done something different to help them be more obedient? And, and I'm sure there is, you know, I, I, I know that there is, um, there's definitely things I did wrong as a parent. I'm still doing wrong, I'm sure. At the same time, just to give you parents out there who may be sitting there thinking that, don't forget that, if you, especially if you've got older teenagers, 16, 17, 18, they're, they're becoming adults and they're making their own decisions. You know, I mean, we can only do so much, and at some point we, we've got to start letting them go. And sometimes even when we've done the best job that we can, they're still going to make some wrong, willful choices, that you know, oh, yeah. some, and that's just going to take place. And that's those times when we have to step in and, you know, discipline and correct, but also be there to love and pick up, help them pick up the pieces from that. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the lines in, in our leader guide talks about, as students know more about God, his character, love, and sacrifice, they will desire to obey his word. And maybe that's where we as parents need to help step in to help guide this direction, is to help our students know more about God and, mm-hmm. and make that a constant point of conversation in our homes. As we've talked about over the over the months of this podcast, is to take an opportunity to sit down and have directed conversation with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, as we do every month, uh, we're plugging our uh, our parent meeting plan, our parent newsletter. It's free online at lifeway.com slash known. Uh, click on that leader tab and then just keep following the links until you get to our parent meeting plans. The last two pages of that parent meeting plan are questions for you as a parent to ask your kids each week this month about these Bible studies and questions related to what does it mean to obey God. Um, oh. Also give a plug, and um, there's a little blurb from a, an article out of our uh, magazine for parents called Living with Teenagers, and it's a great magazine. Gives some just some great tips and some good articles in there for parents of teens. And so you can go to their website, which is lifeway.com slash livingwithteenagers, and get some information about that. Good. Well, we've plugged two products. There you go. <laughs> That's good. Greg, any last words from you today? Uh, I just think that, that the teenagers in our world today – uh, I've seen it in my life. You guys have probably seen that too. Is they're looking for people who are th- are authentic. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say one thing and do another. We're going to make mistakes. I mean, it's we don't want to, but we do. But it's how we respond to those and how that obedience that we have to our Lord will go a long way. Maybe they wander, but they will come back. Well, and, and my last thought too is that as we're thinking about that. Um, as adults now, when when I disobey God, I mean, there's something in my mind that thinks, okay, that I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. I'm hoping that my kids are picking that up in their own lives, uh, in relationship to me and as well mm-hmm. as to God. That you know, I really should have got up and mowed the yard, um, yeah. or I really should do these things that God's asking me to do. So I just love that. I just this is true confession, bragging on my my own. But one thing I love about my son is is that um, he he's really good. He has a real tender heart, and he will come back and say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, and, and I just contribute that to the Lord in his life and the Holy Spirit in his life. And sometimes as parents, we just have to continue just to trust God, trust him to the Lord in that. I mean, if they know him as Savior and Lord, 
you know, it's that thing, pray for them and do the best we can and, and, and just trust that God's working in their lives to help them obey and, and grow. So. Yeah. That's good. Well, parents, thanks for joining us this month, and we look forward to having you join us again next month as we pick up a new topic. Thanks for being here with us.